Okay, well, praise the Lord. Uh, let's, um, I want to go to um, the book of Ruth uh, today. Uh, but anyway, hey, before we get started, you remember, you go back, it's, Ruth is completely historical. That's the reason I want you to go back. Just look at your index moment in the Bible. You got Genesis here, Genesis, you know, even people use the word Genesis to what, to, when they're talking, sometimes they'll say the Genesis of this. Well, it means beginning. I mean, and some folks say, well, it's billions and billions of years and whatever, but let me tell you, somebody's dead wrong somewhere. I mean, Jesus believed that Genesis was uh, the book of beginnings. He said in the beginning, he made them, you know, male and female. You know, I mean, Jesus recognized this and he recognized Abraham and all these things are right out of the book of Genesis. But anyway, we already know it's the truth. But anyway, so you've got Genesis and then you've got Exodus. You remember Genesis is basically historic because I mean, boy, after the, the, uh, the, uh, when you get to the sixth chapter, you've got a flood, you know, and then after that, then uh, later on, uh, you've got uh, uh, all of a sudden by the uh, 10th chapter, 11th chapter, you've got genealogies and all of a sudden there you've got Abraham and the rest of it from then on chapters 12 all the way to 50 are Abraham and his children and their families and the historical events that took place. Exodus picks up with Moses, they're, uh, they're in uh, Egypt and Pharaoh, and it's going to be hard to say, well, that never happened, you know, well, huh, that's going to be hard to deny that. Maybe these are historical facts that are laid out. But anyway, halfway through the book of Exodus, they're already out of Egypt, you know, and you've got uh, Moses at Mount Sinai, and he's getting on, getting instructions on how to build the tabernacle, okay, and so the rest of that goes, leads you right into Leviticus, and I like to call it Leviticus, so it's how the Levites were supposed to operate in that uh, tabernacle structure. Then by the time you get to Numbers, here we go. We're on the way to the Promised Land. It's been a year and a half since they uh, uh, God got them out of slavery in uh, Egypt, and here they go. But of course, you know the story. By the 12th chapter, they got all the way to the Promised Land, and they go, oh, we can't do this. We can't go in. Oh, my goodness especially in the light of what the Lord had done for them, saving them out of slavery. And then, oh my gosh, they say, well, we can't get in. So why they wind up, you know, roaming around in the wilderness for 40 years. And finally, uh, the book of Deuteronomy is a recap. It's, a, it's a, a, a speech that Moses gave right when they got to the doors of the promised land again. It was on February 15th. You can read it for yourself. But anyway, it's just one long speech is what it is. And it's a recap. So that's historical. Anyway, Moses dies at the end. Then you go right into Joshua. And Joshua wiped them out in the promised land. I mean, all the bad guys wiped them all out. Anyway, but after Joshua dies, the book of Judges kicks in. And I mean, it started falling apart fast. Everybody was running for cover because they were worshiping idols and carrying on. And anyway, then you've got stories about Gideon and Samson and then... Uh, uh, anyway, right at the end of Judges comes, there it is, it's Ruth. Just one little book by itself here. But we're going to look at it and we're going to figure out why it even made the scriptures. But anyway, so here we are, Ruth chapter 1. Long ago, when the judges ruled in Israel, well that gives you a reason why we understand it followed uh, the book of Judges. A man named Elimelech, we'll just call him Ed, okay, or El, whatever. Anyway, we'll call him Ed. I like Ed better. From Bethlehem. Hey, we know about that place. It's a little town that never existed. No, it did exist. And we know good and well that Jesus was born in Bethlehem years later from here. Anyway, he left the country because of a famine and moved to the land of Moab. With him were his wife, Naomi. Hey, we've heard of her. That's right. This is the book of Ruth. Okay. 
His wife, Naomi, and his two sons, Malon and uh, Shilion, we'll just call it Mike and Charlie, okay. During the time of their residence there, O.L., he died, and uh, Naomi was left with her two sons. Wow, okay, so Mike and Charlie are still alive. These young men, Malon and Shilion, I'm going to call them Mike and Charlie, they married girls of Moab. I wonder what the heck uh, Moab is. Oh, you know, that's Lot's kids. Lots, uh, lots had two daughters, and their two daughters both. One of them, child was uh, was Moab, and that's where the Moabites come from. But anyway, uh, or so these young men, we're gonna call them Mike and Charlie. They married girls of Moab. Wow, Orpha and Ruth. But later, both men died. Doggone it! So their husbands are, have died. So Naomi was left alone without her husband or her sons. She decided to return to Israel with her daughters-in-law, for she heard that the Lord had blessed his people by giving them good crops again. Wow. Now, one thing you got to understand is everybody wasn't going to church. Matter of fact, if she was in the land of Moab, and like I say, in the book of Judges, everybody was running for cover. They were worshiping whatever they wanted to worship. They didn't know anything about the tabernacle much anymore. They weren't doing that. They they loved the idols more than they did the Lord. And the whole nation, remember they didn't come out of Egypt with just two or three. It was approximately all of Atlanta, about six million people came out of Egypt. And boy, they were hard-necked. And they, I mean, they were just, you know, Moses had a time trying to tell them about the Lord. They all wanted to go back. We want to go back to Egypt and everything. All right, anyway, so you got to understand these folks, uh, you know, they're doing the best they can, but their best sometimes is not good enough. But notice she said she heard the Lord had blessed his people by giving them good crops again. So she's going to head back toward Israel. But anyway, but after they begun their homeward journey, she changed her mind and said to her two daughters-in-law, why don't you just return to your parents' home instead of coming with me? And may the Lord reward you for your faithfulness to your husbands and to me. And may he bless you with another happy marriage. Then she kissed them uh, and they all broke down and cried. Wow. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, it's better for you to return to your own people. Do I have younger sons who will grow up to be your husbands? No, uh, my daughters, return to your parents' home, for I am too old to have a husband. And even if that were possible, and if I became pregnant tonight and bore sons, would you wait for them to grow up? No, of course not, my daughters. Oh, how I grieve for you that the Lord has punished me in a way that injures you. Now, remember, she's just, I mean, <laughs> uh, Moses told him this thing was going to fall apart if you worship idols and stuff. Now, remember, you got to understand, Ruth is not trying to be scripturally correct and a, and a perfect theologian. She's just thinking, man, my whole life is just falling apart. But at least she knows, I'm going to go back to, the, to Israel where the Lord's blessing some folks. Anyway, just a moment, you're going to see that she wants her name changed to Mara, which means bitterness. <laughs> you know, anyway, again, they cried together and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and returned to her childhood uh, home. But Ruth insisted on staying with Naomi. Oh, this is Ruth chapter one, verse 15. See, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Hmm, you should do the same. Well, how did Naomi know they had gods? Man, the whole land was just filled with gods. They were idols. You could make one. You carve one out and you worship the thing and hopefully it brings you good luck, whatever. Well, the Israelites didn't need good luck. They had the Lord and, and ultimately fantastic promises that everything was going to be, as God said, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
But as you remember, history lays it out. You can see when when Joshua led them in the promised land, soon as they went on their first adventure and and uh, well, after they had knocked out Jericho, you know, one of them decided to keep a little uh, <clears throat> some stuff there and he wasn't supposed to. But anyway, all right, let's keep going. Verse 16. But Ruth replied, uh, don't make me leave you for I want to go wherever you go and to live wherever you live. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. Wow. I want to die where you die, be buried there. May the Lord do terrible things to me if I allow anything but death to separate us. And when Naomi saw that Ruth had made up her mind and could not be persuaded otherwise, she stopped urging her. So they both came to Bethlehem, the place that doesn't exist. Oh, yes, it does, too. Still there today. And the entire village was stirred by their arrival. Now, why were they stirred by their arrival? Well, let's keep reading. We don't need to ask a theologian. We just read the story. Uh, is it really Naomi? The women asked. You know how women folks seem to know everything? Boy, I mean, they knew they knew who this woman was. But she told them, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Naomi means pleasant, Mara means bitter. For, for Almighty God has dealt me bitter blows. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home empty. Why should you call me Naomi when the Lord has turned his back on me and sent such calamity? Well, <laughs> it ain't over yet. And look, I tell you what, when things go bad, you need to start praying. You need to call on the Lord and things will turn around. Anyway. Oh, notice she didn't say, well, that's what the preacher said the other day at church. Uh, let me tell you, they weren't going to church. You know, well, we, we have all these excuses. You know, we think everybody in the Bible just went to church and, it, and it's just little fairy tales and little preacher stories. No, this is direct history from day one of our entire existence. I mean, we might as well pack the Bible up and say goodbye because, you know, uh, God created all things. He keeps saying it over and over again through the scriptures. Okay, anyway, Ruth chapter two. Remember, there's only four chapters, so here we go. We're flying. Uh, Ruth 2 and verse 1. Now, Naomi had an in-law there in Bethlehem who was a very wealthy man. Boy, here we go. Looks like something good's going to happen. His name was Boaz. Hmm, I've heard of him before. Yeah, you already know. He's in the genealogy of Jesus, isn't he? <laughs> anyway, one day Ruth said to Naomi, perhaps I can go out into the fields uh, of some kind man to glean the free grain behind his reapers. And Naomi said, all right, dear daughter, go ahead. Uh, she was just, there was harvest time and, and Naomi was just going to, you know, follow the reapers just like following a combine as it picks up the cotton. There's always a little cotton left or whatever, and you can just uh, take the leftovers. Okay, but anyway, so verse three. So she did, and as it happened, the field where she found herself belonged to Boaz, this relative of Naomi's husband. Boaz arrived from the city while she was there. After exchanging greetings with the reapers, he said to his foreman, Hey, who's that girl over there? And the foreman replied, It's that girl from the land of Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could pick up the grains dropped by the reapers, and she has been at it ever since, except for a few minutes, rest over there in the shade. Well, Boaz went over and talked to her. Listen, my child, he said to her, stay right here with us to glean. Don't think of going to any other fields. Stay right behind my women workers. I've warned the young men not to bother you. When you're thirsty, go and help yourself to the water. Oh my goodness, can you see this? This is day one, and it's just blessing, blessing, blessing. Yeah, that's the way the Bible says it's supposed to be for you and I. Now, we can make it difficult, but we don't have to. And that's where we need to just thank the Lord that we have record here that what Ruth did. She turned around and said, I'm going back to where the Lord is. I'm going back to where there's blessing. Praise the Lord. Anyway, <clears throat> so here's what happened. Ah, uh, yes, I know, Boaz replied. 
Uh, oh, oh, verse verse 10. She thanked him warmly. Uh, how can you be so kind to me? She asked. You must know I'm only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. And I also know about the love, all the love and kindness you have shown your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and mother in your own land and have come here to live among strangers. May the Lord God of Israel, under whose, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, bless you for it. Now, this tells us a little bit about Mr. Boaz. He thinks the Lord's a refuge, okay? You see that? And he's going to bless you. Wow. Okay. Oh, thank you, sir, she replied. You are so good to me, and I'm not even one of your workers. At lunchtime, Boaz called to her, hey, come eat with us. So she sat with his reapers, and he gave her food, more than she could eat. And when uh, she went back to work again, Boaz told his young men to let her glean right among the sheaves without stopping her and to snap off some heads of barley and drop them on purpose for her to glean. Oh, my goodness. Gee whiz. Wish the Lord would do that for us. Well, he will. Hallelujah. That's the reason we're reading this. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. So anyway, uh, oh, anyway, and he told the reapers to don't make any remarks about it. So she worked there all day, and in the evening, when she had beaten out all the barley she had gleaned, it came to a whole bushel. Now, that's a lot. It really is. Okay, you can figure that out yourself. She carried it back into the city and gave it to her mother-in-law with what uh, she had left of her lunch. So much, Naomi exclaimed. Where in the world did you glean today? Praise the Lord for whoever was so kind to you. Ruth told her mother-in-law all about it and mentioned that the owner of the field was Boaz. Praise the Lord for a man like that. Uh, God has continued his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband, Naomi, cried excitedly. Oh, why, that man is one of our closest relatives. Well, you need to thank your lucky stars. How did that happen? Oh, are you kidding me? The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I tell you, we just need to be trusting the Lord. He'll guide you right where you need to be. And it's not six months from now. This was day one. You should be, wherever you are right now, you should be looking for your miracle. Abraham's uh, oldest uh, servant was supposed to get a wife for his his son, Isaac. And his servant went, I don't know, about uh, 150 miles away, 200 miles away, back to the land where the Chaldeans were where uh, Abraham was from, back to his family and, and whatever. I mean, and the first girl that he saw was the kinfolk that uh, he needed to be hooking up with uh, to bring a wife back for Isaac. The first one. And the Lord answered his prayer while he was still praying. Anyway, you can go read that story for yourself. It's in Genesis, you know, the book of fairy tales. <laughs> no, it's not fairy tales. Oh, mercy. Okay, so back to Ruth chapter 2 here. Praise the Lord, verse 20, for a man like that. God has continued to show his kindness to us as well as your dead husband, Naomi cried excitedly. Why, that man's one of our closest relatives. Well, Ruth told her, he said to come and stay behind his reapers until the entire field is harvested. This is wonderful, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, stay with his girls right through the whole harvest. Uh, You'll be safer there than any other field. So Ruth did and gleaned with them until the end of the barley harvest and then the wheat harvest too. All right, chapter three. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, my dear, isn't it time that I try to find a husband for you and get you happily married again? Wow, don't forget now, there's no split, be no romance. You know, God don't want us happy. He don't want us having happy families. You know, that's how far we get from the Bible if we don't start reading our Bible. And you know what? You, you need to read your Bible. I mean, you know what? 
you know, I, I remember hearing as a young preacher, you know, well, Richard, uh, people can read their Bibles at home, so don't just be reading the scriptures. Boy, that's just opposite of what needs to take place. I remember in school when I had to take uh, 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 classes and we had a lab in the afternoon. Oh my gosh, if you didn't go to that lab, you flunked. Well, this is a lab right now. <laughs> you know, during the lab, the instructor would come over and say, well, you're not doing this right and you do this, this, this. And those labs could go on for three hours. But boy, we learned something. Well, you're learning something right now if you hear these scriptures. All right, anyway, Ruth chapter three. Uh, so anyway, uh, verse two, the man I'm thinking of is Boaz. All oh, you women folk always trying to play matchmaker. Anyway, he's been so kind to us and is a close relative. I happen to know that he will be in the win he will be winnowing barley tonight on the threshing floor. In other words, he's just sifting out the wheat and all that kind of stuff, making flour or whatever. Verse three, now do what I tell you. Bathe and put on some perfume. Oh, dear God, come on, jeez. The, the, the Lord's not in this. Oh, yes, he is. Praise the Lord. Good night. You know, when you read your Bible, you find out that uh, Rachel, that was Jacob's wife, she was, oh, my goodness, a very beautiful woman. Now, why did the Bible say that? Even about Sarah, Pharaoh wanted to take Sarah into his harem. Why? Because she was gorgeous. Anyway. Anyway, you women folk need to hang in there with the scriptures and find out that God made you beautiful. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and we all know it. Okay, Ruth chapter three again. So anyway, put on some makeup and some, put on, excuse me, perfume and some nice clothes and go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him see you until he's finished his supper. Notice where he lies down to sleep and then go lift the cover off his feet and lie down there. And he'll tell you what to do concerning marriage. Now, there must have been some traditions about this. You know, a woman goes in there while a man's sleeping and gets along underneath his feet down there. And, of course, when he uh, sees that, he knows that's sort of like a marriage proposal or whatever. And so that's what was going on. Okay, verse 5. And Ruth replied, all right, I'll do whatever you say. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed her mother-in-law's instruction. After Boaz had finished a good meal, he lay down very contently beside a heap of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quickly and lifted the cover off his feet and lay there. Suddenly around midnight, he wakened and sat up startled. There was a woman lying at his feet. Uh, who are you? He demanded. It's I, sir, Ruth, she replied. Make me your wife according to God's law, for you are my closest relative. Okay, so that tells you there must have been something right there telling us why she did all this. Anyway, thank God for a girl like you, he exclaimed. For you are even kinder to Naomi now than before. Naturally, you'd prefer a younger man, even though poor. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Now remember, Boaz was not a young fellow, okay? Uh, but you have put aside your personal desires so that you can give Naomi an heir by marrying me. Wow! Now don't worry about a thing, my child. I'll handle all the details, for everyone knows what a wonderful person you are. But there is one problem. It's true that I'm a close relative, but there is someone else who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning, I'll talk to him. And if he will marry you, fine. Let him do his duty. But if he won't, then I will. I swear by Jehovah, lie down until morning. Wow. So she lay at his feet until morning and was up early before daybreak. For he had said to her, don't let it be known that a woman was here in the threshing floor. 
hey, bring your shawl. You know, that thing goes around her neck, the whatever that uh, uh, <clears throat> cloth, whatever it is, he told her. Then he tied up a bushel and a half of barley in it as a present for her mother-in-law and laid it on her back. Then she returned to the city. Wow, she didn't even do any work, and now she's carried back a whole day's worth of work uh, to give to her mother-in-law. Anyway, I mean, look at this. Blessing, 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 blessing. Sounds like what Moses told them, you know, in Genesis, I mean, excuse me, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Okay. Anyway, well, what happened, dear? Naomi asked her when she arrived home. She told Naomi everything and gave her the barley from Boaz and mentioned his remarks that she mustn't go home without a present. Then Naomi said to her, just be patient until we hear what happens, for Boaz won't rest until he has followed through on this. He will settle it today. Wow. I'm telling you. All right, chapter four. Here it is. Here's the end of it. Now, I want to remind you that, uh, of course, this is the book of Ruth here. And sometimes you wonder, why is it the book of Ruth here in the Bible? Well, this is the punchline here. You're going to find out. Ruth chapter four, verse one. So Boaz went down to the marketplace and found the relative he had mentioned. Say, come over here, he called him. I want to talk to you a minute. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called for 10 of the chief men of the village and asked them to sit as witnesses. You know, the Bible's historic, and people were not stupid. They're not cavemen like we have been taught. You know, we, we, we evolved from apes and whatever. I mean, man, they had deeds to property back in the book of Genesis. I mean, uh, Abraham bought land to bury Sarah in. That, that property was deeded to him. They had witnesses. There was kings and all these kind of things. I mean, not just a bunch of bumpkins out there doing nothing. So anyway, here we go. He called a bunch of witnesses over. Verse 3, Boaz said to his relative, You know, Naomi who came back to us from Moab. Now you're going to get the rest of the history here. She's selling our brother, remember I called him Ed, but it's Elimelech's property. She's selling Ed's property. I felt that I should speak to you about it so that you can buy it if you wish. Now remember, El, her husband, had left and went to Moab. And then he died, his sons died, but they still own that property. Okay, so anyway, they're back. So anyway, that's what he's mentioning here. Ruth has come back to sell that property. Uh, but uh, anyway, I want to speak to you about it so that you can buy it if you wish with the respected men as witnesses, if you want it. Let me know right away, for if you don't take it, I will. But you have first right to purchase it, and I'm next. In other words, we hear today, first right of refusal. Okay, so that's what he had. Uh, the man replied, hey, okay, I'll buy it. Then Boaz told him, your purchase of the land from Naomi requires that you marry Ruth so that she can have children to carry on her husband's name and inherit the land. Ooh, that changes things. <laughs> he says, then I can't do it, the man replied. For her son would become an heir to my property too. You buy it, okay? In those days, it was the custom of Israel for a man transferring a right of purchase to pull off his sandal and hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So as the man said to Boaz, uh, you buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the witnesses and to the crowd standing around, you've seen it today. I have bought all the property of Ed and Charlie and Mike, okay, Abimelech, Chilimon, and Malon from Naomi. And that with it, I have purchased Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of, we're going to call him Mike, but it's Malon, okay, to be my wife, so that she can have a son and to carry on the family name of her dead husband. <clears throat> All the people standing there and the witnesses replied, we are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman, now look at this, who has now come into your home as fertile as Rachel and Leah. Now who in the blazes is Rachel and Leah? Oh, you know who they are? That's Jacob's uh, daughters. 
uh, I mean wives, excuse me. They're the ones that was the mamas of all the tribes of Israel. Reuben, Gad, Asher, <laughs> you know, uh, Benjamin. Wow, all of those. Anyway, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you be as great and successful man. Uh, may you be a great and successful man in Bethlehem. Well, he was already wealthy. Yeah, we got to watch it with all this stuff. No, we don't. We have God on our side. He created everything. That's our biggest problem. You know, we don't think he created anything. We, we're trying to be in line with the socialists and the communists and all the people that have tried to tell us that, you know, it didn't happen. No, you go back and look at evidence and facts. This earth was covered with a flood. Sedimentary, sedimentary, sedimentary rock is all over this earth. Gee, you go up in the woods and find seashells. Now, what's up with that? The Indians haul them up in there? I don't think so. It was a flood. Oh, man. Oh, boy. What about the dinosaurs? They were rolling the... Oh, my goodness. The dinosaurs are mentioned throughout the Bible. They're just called dragons. Oh, man. Jeez. Anyway, do a little research. Quit listening to people that want you to uh, think the Bible's out of touch, and you'll find out these things are so... Okay, well, back to this. Uh, Ruth chapter 4 here. Look at verse... Um, uh, we were at uh, verse twelve, and made the descendants of the Lord, uh, and and made the descendants of the Lord will give you from this young woman be as numerous and honorable as those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. Wow, wonder who they were. Yeah, you know who they are. <laughs> Man, Tamar dressed up as a harlot, and Judah went around fooling around with them. My goodness. I mean, everybody in the Bible is not just saints and going to church. You know, you got to read the Bible. It's historical. You read what happened there. You read that story in the book of Genesis. It's while the coat of many colors guy, um, uh, Joseph, was down in, in Potiphar's house and with Pharaoh. <laughs> All right, anyway, verse 13. So Boaz married Ruth, and when he slept with her, the Lord gave her a son. Wow. And the women of the city said to Naomi, Bless the Lord who has given you this little grandson. May he be famous in Israel. Hmm. May he restore your youth and take care of you in your old age. I, I tell you, all, there's blessing all over this stuff. You know, it's not like one day's up, one day's down. That's not what it said here. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you so much, and he's been kinder to, and who has been kinder to you than seven sons. Naomi took care of the baby. Now here we go, punchline. Oh, uh, she took care of the baby, and the neighbor women said, "Now at last, Naomi has a son again," and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse and the grandfather of King David. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Gee. Now we know why this book's in here. Yeah, because the next book, Samuel, first Samuel's going to pick up with David when he kills Goliath in the 17th chapter. Anyway, the last couple of verses here. This is the family tree of Boaz. You know, the, the, this really doesn't mean anything. These are fairy tales. No, it's not fairy tales. That's the reason we got the details. We had the places. It was Moab. It was Bethlehem. This is the genealogy. This was the families. Here we are. This is the family tree of Boaz, beginning with his ancestor, Perez. Perez, Hezron, Ram, Amenadab, Nasha, Salmon, Boaz, Obed, Jesse, David. <laughs> anyway, let's pray. Father, we just thank you that, uh, uh, Lord, that if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. What's so hard with healing somebody? Nothing. Praise the Lord. Lord, if we're, if we're just suffering financially, well, it says here we watched how Ruth left famine and came back to the promised land and you blessed her. Hallelujah. And she did that because she heard you were blessing them. Well, praise the Lord. We're seeking you for blessings too. 
if we're having trouble financially, you'll take care of that. Well, if it's not health, it's not money or nothing, but it's just some other problems we got, Lord, we just ask you to get us out of that jam. And you'll do it, just like you did for Ruth. And that didn't leave anything left. But for us to leave a, uh, a track, a trail about our own life, just like Ruth did, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.